Sonic Statesman.com. Hello and welcome back. No, Sonic Talk number 71. Um, today is Wednesday the 9th of January. It's going to go live on the 10th of January. It's our sort of post-Christmas, post-New Year, post-post. Uh, we had a couple of weeks off, which was great. I kind of enjoyed it. And it was great. I actually was offline for a whole two weeks and it was really, I realised how relaxed I could be without a computer in my life, which was kind of good and bad, if you see what I mean. So uh, this week, um, we've got the full crew uh, and some. Uh, let me start with PJ Tracy, who uh, has just joined us from Minneapolis. Uh, how are you, PJ? Have you got over your goose or turkey or whatever it is you had? Yes, I. Uh, right after New Year's, I started abstaining from food, and I haven't eaten since. So I'm feeling uh, fantastic. Are you doing that funny diet thing again? No, no, I'm not doing that funny. You're diet just thing not again. eating. Yeah, I'm being I'm being a bit hyperbolic, but I've definitely cut down since uh, since the holidays. I can't seem to stop because we, our family, were a little ill over Christmas, so it, consequently we didn't really kind of have a, a Christmas of excess. But ever since then, I've just been eating kind of crisps and drinking port. <laughs> so I must slow. Well, you're due when you whenever you're sick over the holidays, you can eat all you want until April first. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Oh, that's like the Saint Swithin's thing, is it? Yeah, it's in the it's in the rule book. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, PJ. Well, I'm glad you could join us this week, and uh, I'm glad you had a good time. Let's uh, jump straight up to um, non Eric from Berlin. Hello, hello, everyone. How was your Christmas? Is there a sort of very big Christmas tradition in Germany? I've never spent Christmas in Germany. I'm sure oh, it yes, must be. Definitely, yes, yes, yes. Very Christmas is very, very big in Germany. Excellent. And how was yours? Uh, it was quiet. It was nice. I already received my Christmas presents uh, a little couple of days earlier, and so uh, I wasn't that excited anymore. I bought myself for Christmas an Emu SP1200 drum machine. Ooh. Ooh, nice. How retro. Yeah. Which I think is going to be part of uh, the subjects today, drum machines, as I've already seen in your... Oh, yeah, in, that's uh, very true. But don't... Sh- sh- don't want to give the game away. Ah, oh, sorry. So, how are you oh. finding it? Are you finding it good? Is it all? You said it was uh, beautiful condition. Is that is that the case? Is it cosmetically a plus showroom? It was uh, advertised as mint condition, and it was advertised as the best. There isn't a scratch on the unit and looks like new, which is actually true. But when it got here, all the buttons didn't work. Oh, <laughs> right. You know, it took us about half an hour to put it into record. But because I, pres- I assume that somebody tried to clean the unit, uh, uh, who was unexperienced, tried to clean the unit before sending it out, and something got into the contacts. But now it's, uh, it's getting better every day. Oh, and I think it's going to be fine, I think. Yeah, a bit, of, a bit of finger grease and dry skin in there. It'll sort it out in no time. <laughs> well, well, it's got that- a great, great groove and great sound. It's really fun to play with. Excellent. Well, glad to have you, um, non Eric. And of course, this year's a bit different for you because you're kind of Mr. Musetalk.de almost full time now. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yes. So he's jumped, taken the leap, and gone into the internet publishing business solo. Yes. And also with a new website. Yes. New website, which can be found at Musetalk.de, folks. Thank you very much. Looks very what? nice. It's a German site, and uh, but it's got tons and tons of content. I mean, it's fantastic. You've just got so much stuff there. Yeah, I think we did about uh, 70 shows last year. Wow. Well, we're on Sonic Talk number 71, so that's not last year, but it's in, in over a couple of years. 
Anyway, yeah. but there you go. Well, thanks for joining us, mate. Jay Spears from GeForceSoftware.com. How are Hello. you? Happy New Year, happy Christmas and all that. Yes, happy everything and all that. Did you manage to have a restful one, even though Nam is just fast approaching? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did take a bit of time out. It was quite nice. Sort of relaxing. Bizarre. That's really good. And um, you're ready to ready to hit the street. Well, we f- I fly out next week. I don't know when you fly out, so um, we're kind of really nearly ready to go. Yeah, same here. Oh, that must be Mark Tinley's phone. Hello, Mark Tinley. Hello. That was a squeaky door. Uh, was it? That was squeaky. I thought it might have been your son, but it was... We just got loads of uh, motorcycles off free cycle, toy motorcycles. Ah, okay. Uh, free cycles are kind of a, a web um, mailing list, in, and, and they have them all over the world, but the St. Neots one is the nearest one here, and I noticed them on there this morning and sort of said, hello, I'll have them, please. Popped over to this lady's house, and we have a bag of toy motorcycles to play with, so that's good. Actually, you must be in heaven. I am. Excellent. Have you customised any of them yet? Not yet, but I do intend to. <laughs> a chop a couple. Maybe you could actually get a little tiny engine in one and you could kind of ride around the backyard. I, I, w- I wouldn't put it past monkey. you. I pulled a chopped monkey bike out of my garage over Christmas, actually. Wow. I'll have to send you some pictures of it. I'd love to see them. So yeah. Christmas, Christmas and all that was good for you? It was very good, yeah. Enjoyed it a lot, actually. Good. Got a fantastic electric drill. <laughs> so did I. Did <laughs> you? What, 18 volt or 12? Uh, 18, I oh, think, yeah. That's the only way it's to go, Bosch. isn't it? <laughs> it's a Bosch electric drill, and I looked up the amount of torque it produces, and it actually produces one and a half times more torque than my 380 Suzuki, so it's pretty <laughs> bloody powerful. <laughs> Real men use 18 volts, just like to say. Yeah, it's, it's wicked. It's <laughs> really I haven't used good. mine yet. I, got, I charged up and sort of I drilled a hole in the door while I was trying to do a power screwdriving thing, but I haven't actually used it for anything else other than that. <laughs> I haven't got used to the power at my command yet. Let's not forget Mr. Richard Hilton from uh, Connecticut. Welcome to you also, and I hope your New Year and Christmas were great too. Good morning and hello, everybody. Yeah, uh, nice holiday. Really good. Family and friends and pretty relaxing times, and uh, it's just very nice. Oh, brilliant. Uh, let's jump right in, shall we? And let's just find out who got what for Christmas. Um, I think, uh, I well, Hans, you've uh, you've already told us that you got your SP1200, which is uh, a great gift by any any standards. Anybody else get any technology? Mark, I know you were the, did, did you get um, the Rocky Sandbridge uh, delivered to your home? I did, but I actually I didn't get that for Christmas because I bought that for Gina for Christmas. But I have to say, that is an absolutely fantastic toy. Really brilliant. And she loves it because she's into music and she's into technology stuff. And, uh, and basically, we switched it on and it picked up sort of 16,000 internet radio stations. And so she's got huge choice of stuff to listen to. And we are going to buy uh, the Buffalo Terror station live which is a one terabyte disc array oh yeah with yeah. a media server in it I think you're going to run the uh, firefly media server is what you want to run in there i think you have to f- do something with uh, get in and do a bit of telnet and ssh and stuff to get it in there but uh, it does work because i looked at that as well oh right okay but well actually having now tried this buffalo also make this other thing called a media thing media server which has a uh, what is it called? It's a media station, I think. It plugs into the back of your television, and you can put all your videos on your um, 
hard disarray and they pick them up wirelessly and you can play them on the TV. And I was thinking about what you, you've done, buying a Mac Mini, and then I saw this thing and thought, well, if we've already got the drives and we've got everything else, maybe I don't need another computer, maybe just another media player for, for watching video. Yeah, no, you're probably right. And, and for those who've been following my plight, I did manage to get my Mac Mini working just before Christmas, and it's been serving us perfectly. So the oh, story good. had a happy ending, and I've been recording co- um, the Coronation Street soap for my other half at her leisure. It's been marvellous. Was it the hard drive, then? No, I don't know. The operating system got corrupted. So, yeah, it probably was the hard drive, but I didn't get another one in it. But it oh, seems it I reinstalled, and it's fine. It wasn't a Seagate hard drive that went pop, then? Uh, no, it's a Fujitsu <laughs> in this one, fortunately. I'm waiting for the Seagate to go in my laptop, probably while I go to NAM. I'd imagine that'll be where it happens. But I'm, 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 t- I'm torn between putting a hard drive in the computer before I go and not really having enough time to test to see whether that works or leaving the one that might break in there before I leave. It's a tough choice. <laughs> who, uh, who, got, who else got what? Dave Spears, you must have... Uh... I got uh, several headaches, I think. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I see. Self-inflicted? Yes, all of them. Every single one. Ah, well, I hope you enjoyed them. I didn't get any of those. They were all kind of um, not self-inflicted, just kind of occasional... Uh, we had a bit of illness in our family, which kind of spoiled it a bit. But it was it was jolly nice all the all all together. Yeah, I want to moan about the amount of luggies that go around at Christmas. It's appalling, it's just... isn't it? I, I, for those of you who don't know, the UK is currently was it is it the Nuovo or the Neuro? I can't remember what the name mm. of the virus is, but they, they reckon it's affecting a hundred thousand people a week, and we haven't hit the the high point peak because now the kids are going back to school. It's going to get even worse, and they're closing hospital wards, and people are just taking time off, and it's just. Oh, I haven't had it. Well, I think we had it in our house, but I'm quite resistant to things like that, so I'm hoping it doesn't develop while I'm on the flight. I uh, am yeah. legend. <laughs> I am legend. I saw that yesterday. Oh, did you, Hans? Yeah, quite, I hope. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was quite good. It's a based on, isn't it based on the Amiga Man? It's very close, isn't it? Yeah. I God, it, somebody else who remembers that. Oh, I remember that. Mm, yeah, when I, was a kid, I think it's about the third remake of the same story. Uh, I'm getting confused. Where was I? What did you get for Christmas then? Come on. I got a pair of jeans. Oh, nice. Yeah, well overdue. My missus was well fed up with the pegs that I was wearing. She's going, they make you look very short. <laughs> I was like, that's all part of the 80s revival, darling. <laughs> God, they, they, they made them built to last, those jeans, didn't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't get any technology. I bought the missus a phone, which was my kind of technology fix. I had to... Um, just make it all work for us. So that was quite tedious. Rich Hilton. No, none of it's technology. You know, clothes and scotch and... Slippers, handkerchiefs. Short, uh, yeah, slippers. I got a short vacation with the wife. You oh, know, that's nice. Stuff like that. Um, most of the technology that's around here these days relates to video games and the kids. Right. Uh, they're, both, they're very interested in some new piece called Rock Band, which... Uh, uh-huh, one yeah. Stand- which one son seems to feel is less satisfying than Guitar Hero, and the other one's really keen to get it. So, uh, but we haven't gotten that yet. <laughs> it wasn't out in time, and then you couldn't get one. Yeah, and... no, it was one of those ones, wasn't it? Yeah, we still haven't got it. But uh, there's Lord knows there's a lot of Guitar Hero that goes on around here. <laughs> push, button, push button music. Excellent. But you know, uh, yep. related to your, uh, your travel uh, story about your Macintosh and your... Um, and uh, it also kind of feeds into one of our topics today that I was going to mention it in. I just recently uh, got, for, uh, for $150, uh, 
250 gigabyte portable drive. Nice. The thing weighs next to nothing. It's a little bit, it's probably, I don't know, 30% bigger than a credit card. And maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know, a quarter inch thick, whatever that comes to in cent- you know, centimeters and millimeters. Um, weighs next to nothing, connects via USB 2.0, reasonably fast ex- uh, transfer speeds, and uh, outstanding, you know, solution for things like uh, Leopard's Time Machine or any kind of backup scenario you want to do. Or bringing a library, you know, music library or photo library along or something. It was, it's, I think it's a great, you know, my son ended up going and getting one too. Oh, cool. So that might be, I mean, because when you're looking at, uh, shall we? <laughs> should I, should I, I don't know if I should do this, but uh, if you're looking at a 32 gigabyte fixed memory drive, you know, like a, a flash memory drive. You mean like the for, Corsair, perhaps? For example. Yes. Yeah. The, if you're looking at something like that for, over 200 bucks yeah and you got 32 gigs it's uh, a bit of a no contest you, isn't it you can get 250 gigs for 150 dollars. i'm not sure why i need a yeah flash but drive can like. you can you throw it in the mud and tread on it and do all those things that you like to do with your drives well that might be a good video project for sonic sonicstate.com <laughs> let's try it yeah indestructible <laughs> videos um i must just get pj in because i don't think we've uh, found out quite what you got for christmas yet pj my in-laws to be bought me a humidification system for my grand piano. Which oh, yes, yeah, it's fantastic. I had one. I had one on there, um, but uh, a wayward puppy actually pulled the power supply from the base unit, and um, so it was time to upgrade. And my in-laws uh, got that for me for Christmas, and uh, it's made. Uh, it's made a world of difference in just the the couple of weeks that it's been on. What the does piano, it do? Actually. Does it um, it, it just keeps stabilizes the, pian- the tuning? It, it stabilizes the humidity within the within the piano itself and keeps it at forty six percent humidity. And uh, it it's it's great. I love it. I also bought myself a copy of Reason Four. Ah, okay. Yeah, just wanted to wanted to play around with it. And how are you so. finding it? Ah, uh, I love Thor. I think Thor is a really fantastic synthesizer. So tell me, this, this humidifier system, I'm kind of com- intrigued. Does it mean you can keep cigars in there as well? I could, yep. <laughs> That's, that could be kind of nifty, <laughs> couldn't it? I frequently do, yeah. I've got could a, be like got a, a kind of grand piano stroke humidor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And very Christmassy. And with a bottle of port just taped to one of the legs as well. Exactly, and a big candelabra on the back. Excellent, cool. Yeah. Right, well, um, I'm glad that uh, everybody enjoyed their Christmas. I'd just like to say um, I got a Nokia N95 8GB um, mobile phone, which uh, is absolutely fantastic, I have to say. Um, I know, Mark, you got an N95, and I got one. I was using my sat-nav this morning just to test it out, and it, was, it, it did very well. And uh, I can download podcasts, I can show videos. I've got, it's just, yeah, it's great. Really pleased with it so far. <laughs> I went to Edinburgh on Monday. And I took my N95 with me, and I met my daughter and my ex-wife and took my daughter shopping. And I said to my ex-wife, I can show you how to get to your hotel, and flicked it open and tried to get GPS coverage. And it probably would take in 20 minutes to walk to the hotel before it, well, actually, it never did pick up any satellite. Oh, so, so she was going, it doesn't work, does it? And I was kind of like, um, well, no, actually. How embarrassing. <laughs> 
I've heard there. I've I've heard there is a bit of a problem with some of them. Um, but this one has been fine. I just like to say, and uh, um, it it it's done me well so far. My my uh, my partner's not you know not totally happy because now I can sit on the sofa and sort of browse web pages, check my emails, and um, do have Skype conversations. You know, it is a bit intrusive. It's a bit, but it's going to be great. Hopefully for for Nam and the photo, the photo and the video quality is incredible. Absolutely incredible. So all oh, the yeah, photos definitely. you see from Nam are going to be taken with N ninety fives. Because um, I'm not taking a, fa- a, a phone. A is camera. it speedy? Sorry, Dave. You said, "Is it speedy?" Yeah, no, the camera. Um, it's it's not bad. I mean, it's it's as good as the one on my previous Sony Ericsson, which you know is the one I always use. So, yeah, and the video you can record up to an hour of video, and it's six forty four eighty, and wow. it's twenty five frames a second, and it looks really good. Wow. So I'm going to probably, I, you know, if I bump into somebody and I haven't got my camera at NAM, which is unlikely, seeing as I'm going to be schlepping around with a, a video rig. I could do a video interview with that, no problem. Excellent. Sonic Talk, sponsored by Yamaha Music Production. Producers of the world's most popular digital mixing consoles. Accurate professional studio monitoring systems. Incredibly realistic and portable digital stage pianos. The versatile motif range of music production synthesizers. And the latest N-Series digital mixing studios. Featuring the cleanest signal pub and full Cubase AI4 integration www.yamahasynth.com Sonic Talk But anyway, um, perhaps we should move on to NAM because um, obviously NAM is next week. Um, big, one of the, or I'm not sure if it is the biggest or one of the biggest music technology events in the calendar um, in Anaheim, California um, where, I, I, who's coming? Um, Non-Eric, you're going to be there, aren't you? Yes. Yep, covering it for Music Talk. Are you going to be doing a daily podcast? Oh yeah, one at least at least one show a day. Wow, you are going to be so tired. <laughs> I know, I know. Jeez, yeah. Well, you want to stream it? You want to work on your live? Just do it live. Uh, I actually did some live streaming tests recently. Uh, there's a site called um, Stick AM. Stick'em. Stick'em. Yeah. Stick'em. 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 And w- where you can actually stream your video to the world and chat with all the people. And I thought, maybe one day I'll do a live show. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That way, that if way you feed thing. it via Firewire in and have like a vision mixer and kind of cut between different cameras, you could, have, you could do it and it'd still look pretty good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, Non-Eric's going. Dave Spears from G4 Software, you're going to be going, presumably. Yep, 15th year this year. 15th year, God, yeah, it's 8th it's or ninth for me. Uh, PJ Tracy, we've got you a pass. You will go to the ball. I will be there. Excellent. What day are you coming? I arrive early Thursday morning. Okay. Fantastic. Mark Tinley, obviously you're not going. No, I'll be here. Rich Hilton? Nope. Nope. Well, you can watch our coverage because we've got a crack team of um, whatever you call them, videographers and and journalists and what have you, ready to to start getting the stuff up as soon as possible. So um, be sure to watch Sonic State. But... Um, anyone heard or seen any rumours? The one thing that is looking really kind of hot at the moment is the this new Lindrum 2, which was formerly known as the Boom Chick, which is this Dave Smith and Roger Lynn kind of co-production. They're doing two versions, a Lindrum 2, which is a kind of um, just the straight drum machine, and a Lindrum 2 analogue, which also has a, uh, I think it's a four-voice analogue synthesizer attached to it. So is this something that any of you will be hankering after? Yes. 
It's going to be mm. the first thing I'm going to be visiting at NAMM because I'm a great drum machine freak. That's why I recently bought the SP1200 sure. for Christmas. And uh, I, I'm, I used to use the MPC3000 as my main sequencer for eight or nine years, you know, doing all the drums and, and all the MIDI sequencing in that machine. So I'm obviously uh, a junkie. I'm reading between the lines. I would be surprised if there's any hardware there because it was saying there that, that it's not going to be till late 2008 that we're actually going to start seeing the unit. So I have a feeling um, it might just be mock-ups, or but um, I could be wrong because if you look, the photos on the site are actually uh, renders, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and then totally changed from the early renderings that we saw, right? Yeah. Well, the first one was Boom Chick and looked a lot more like the kind of Evolver. L- Sort of Evolver plus a Linz 8000 right. st- stuck on stuck to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, it's interesting they've gone for the Lindrum too because obviously Lindrums are. Uh, I mean, we did a, a subject on the podcast several months ago with uh, about um, the sort of the power and the influence that Lindrum machines had on the music industry. It's sort of often forgotten, so it's kind of quite. It's going to be good to see this come along. I think good to see the name and the brand revived. Yeah, I think it follows the lines uh, of the Prophet Eight in a way because it's also trying to capitalize on the on the name of the Prophet mm. with a new, more or less new synthesizer design. But I think it's fair enough, and I think it's it's I, th- I think it's going to be a really exciting. The only thing is, it true that it's only got four outputs? I believe so. I'm looking yeah. at some connections here, but it, uh, some some step specs here, and it seems to say that. Yeah, yeah. that might be a problem. Rich Hilton, are you? Um, uh, would you be persuaded to to come out of um, software land and, and into Lindrum land, do you think? Oh, I'd love to play with one of these. I, I how shall I say, grew up in the programming world on the original Lindrum. Uh, and uh, I would love to play with one of these things. And the one with the synth in it looks interesting. I wonder how it is operating a synth in a window that big. Well, but, it's got knobs, so you know it's not just. Yeah, it's got. Plenty yeah, no, of knobs. it does. It does that's why I say I wonder what it looks like when you mm. grab a knob. What happens to the display? You know that kind of thing. But um, I'd love to try this thing. In fact, it's got twenty-seven dedicated dual-function rotary encoders. Indeed, I'm looking at them in that mock-up right now. Yeah, the Evolver stuff seems to have really, you know, I mean, it's kind of carved its own niche. I mean, if you ever heard it, I, I guess it's based up on the similar architecture, and it does sound wicked. I mean, I don't know what the drums are going to sound like. That's going to be the interesting thing, because Roger Lynn hasn't really been doing much in the drum world since. I mean, he's been doing the Adrenalines, which are the sort of clock-based guitar, um, unsequence-based guitar effects, which really rock. I mean, he's up to Adrenaline 3 now, and I think I saw something on the site while I was looking for information about this, that the Adrenaline 3 got a, an average user rating of 9.8 on Harmony Central from users, which is, wow. ain't, at, that's out of 10, which ain't bad, is it? And uh, right. there are drum patterns on there, so presumably he's kind of kept his hand in a little bit there, but um, it's going to be very interesting to see what he comes up with, because presumably, all the time you're working on other things, you know, you're storing up all the, I'd really like to do this at some point, and I guess this is an opportunity for him to do all of those things that he's been kind of saving up for an opportunity like this. I hope so. I think it's good. I like. I prefer this uh, this name to the uh, Boom Chick. Boom yeah, Chick Boom Chick sounds a bit mm. um, a bit rubbish, really, wouldn't it? In t- yeah, from a marketing point of view, uh, that didn't make sense. I mean, this is a much much smarter move. Okay, Mark, have you uh, have you, have you ha- had your hands on any Lindrum equ- equipment? Old Lindrum equipment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like Lindrums. Yeah. Good, good toy to play with. Great bass drum. Always been a great bass drum. I still Even use it. I, making, I still use the yeah, bass drum. Bass what I was going to say. 
even when I was making house music and I was supposed to be doing it with a 909, I'd always put a little flavour of Lynn underneath it. Uh, it's got a wetness, got a isn't it? Speaker punching sound. I mean, it just moves the speaker so far from, you know, it moves the coils so far. I don't know what that frequency is, but I mean, I've never analysed it, but there must be a frequency that is put in there that does that. That'll be the boom, I think, in the boom chick. <laughs> <laughs> you, turn, you push a 909 and you just end up with that kind of kind of distortion don't you yeah no it's very well fun it's got a good fundamental whatever it is i was i like to use the snare drum quite a lot because i get um you tune it down a bit and it's as seems to be the you know it's that sort of fat snare that seems to be kind of currently popular so i mm. often use that i have i have a comment uh, do you guys think that in terms of timing there's a difference between using a drum machine and a, a, a software sequencer Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. What I did here was really funny because I, 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 I bought the SP1200, got it here, and before I got it here, I got everybody so excited about it that I uh, went into the drawer and um, got my MP3 3000 out and connected it, and we were all saying, oh, God, this has got such a great groove. And then we, when the SP1200 came, we actually tried to compare... You know, we we booted up Logic. We had the MP3 3000 there, the, the 1200, and it just seemed that in direct comparison, suddenly the Logic timing seemed so bad, and that even even the MPC didn't seem to be quite as tight as the SP1200, which was maybe it's just a personal thing. No, but well, somehow. Yeah, but it's got to be because of the because of the clocks. I mean, you know, you got the the number of ticks you've got um, per note in Logic is you know whatever it is two thousand or two hundred or whatever. Whereas in something like the SP twelve hundred, it's kind of four, isn't it? So it's it's going to have to be pretty far out before it before it kind of moves away from deviates from the actual beat. Yeah, but when it's quantized and everything, that shouldn't make any difference. I mean, in theory, uh, Logic should be sample accurate. And it should be yeah, a very, very... Yeah, but the samples aren't sample accurate in Logic, are they? You hear things like, if you put loads of reverb on a cymbal, sometimes you'll hear the whole track, all 24 or 48 or however many tracks you're playing. If, you've got, if, you, if you get to the point where you're running the plugins into, into overload, you'll hear everything slow down. It's almost like a time stretches without changing pitch. So I don't think yeah. that... Oh, really? I don't think that it's accurate. I think, Mark, I think I really have to agree because um, uh, we did um, – somebody here um, who also does some stuff for Musotalk, he claims that the timing on his MacBook was a lot worse than on the new Mac Pro that he got. Yeah, I Logic. think it probably was. But because it doesn't change pitch, you don't think anything's happened. But I think that somehow the gaps between the – the samples get further apart. So if you've got 44,100 samples playing and it slows down, maybe you have 44,200 or maybe more. But somehow they're still, you know, it's like it's going through the A to D slower because it's it's overloaded and it can't get the data through there fast enough, maybe. But So mm. you don't get a pitch change, you get a stretch. Good Lord, I've never come across that, but uh, I am t- fully take that on board, what you're saying. Um, PJ, just a quick mention of Linz. Have you found yourself using any of that kind of stuff? Will this be something that you'll be heading over to while you're at NAMM? Most definitely. Um, I never actually had any direct experience with the original Lindrum, but I did with the, M- the MPC. And um, <clears throat> so I'm interested to see what this machine will do, especially because the, the Poly Evolver, 
I haven't had a lot of experience with that, but I played around with it um, at one of my local music mega stores, and um, that sort of feedback, folding feedback loop thing that Dave Smith has going in there might be a really interesting process to apply to drum programming. It, I think it'll, I think it might be really, really cool. Um, and I was going to mention that, <clears throat> you know, we've talked a lot before on Sonic State about the timing differences between um, hardware and software sequencers, and that. Um, to my recollection, I don't own an MPC any any longer, so I I can't tell you whether or not it's uh, you know, it's dead on. But Reason's Regroove mixer, um, Reason 4's Regroove mixer, the swing inside that thing that's supposedly sampled from or taken directly from MPC hardware sounds fantastic, and it is it's much much better than anything that comes standard inside of. Um, Cubase or Ableton Live, uh, both of which I I currently own, and definitely better than anything that's come in any of the <clears throat> the previous versions of Pro Tools that I used to use for for MIDI programming as well. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose as we move further away from hardware, you kind of forget what it used to be like. I suppose, and you just kind of it just sounds them. fantastic. I mean, it's it's just you 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 apply it to a to a loop, and if it's the right thing, if it's the right groove, it is the groove you want. It's yeah. not a compromise. It's not moving, you know, moving MIDI data around to make it sound okay. And, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of playing things in live, but when you want that groove, that sort of, you know, neo-soul or, or uh, you know, straight-up hip-hop thing, that that's the place to go for it. And I think uh, propeller heads have got it down. Right. Could that also be the reason why Reason is so popular amongst the R&B community? R&B and hip-hop community? Well, I, I mean, this is a new feature of Reason 4, Hans. I, I, don't know, I don't know why Reason is so popular. Maybe because it's cheap and it's uh, you know, a lot of bang for the buck. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're, we're missing one important point when we compare uh, the software sequence with, a, with something like a Lindrum. It's the, the tactile control that you have, you know, being in front of the, the drum pads and this sort of something. It's really, it's a different story programming a beat on a Lindrum or an MPC or an SP1200 than sitting in front of Logic or Reason or whatever. It's, it's an instrument. Absolutely. I think that's a major difference. Okay, well, the Lindrum 2 analog, we're going to go and see them at 2 o'clock on Thursday, so uh, hopefully we'll have something up um, by Friday if we can uh, get some, if there is anything to see. there. We'll we'll um, we'll be there with our video cameras at ready. So um, look out for it. Sonic State. This is kind of interesting. I know it, it's it's called a plugiator, and it's uh, it was a story that we put up on uh, Sonic State. I think just between Christmas and New Year, or just before Christmas. I'm not entirely sure where, but um, it looks like it's one of these kind of uh, Creamware type ASB synth player, and uh, it's kind of it's basically the same Creamware project that that I think was it Noah was the, the idea that had DSP slots, shark-based system, you can run um, between uh, up, up to four different synths in it. And the fifth synths it comes with is a Minimax, the, uh, which is a Minimoog kind of replication, a Lightwave, which is a wavetable synth, B4000, which is uh, an organ-based thing, and a Vocodizer, which is a, voc- a Vocoder. But the thing about this is it's 400 euros. 400 euros, that's just next to nothing, isn't it? It looks really interesting, actually. I'd not, I'd, I'd not seen this before. Uh, in fact, <laughs> sorry, I didn't do my research before the show, so I'm kind of wading through it now. <laughs> hey, it's all right. We're used to it. <laughs> I'm wading through it now. It's, uh, I mean, the Minimax was a great synth. Mark, what's that going on on your phone? It sounds like there's some kind of, um, I don't know, 
something going on there. <laughs> vacuum. Sorry. It's hoovering. It's, exactly, it's vacuum cleaner in the background, yeah. Can you get it to turn off the turbo function of the hoover just for a minute? <laughs> I don't know, maybe I could find another room. There's also minute. something strangely interesting about the way it sounds through all of that modulation. And yeah, there is. It's kind of wacky. Yeah. Maybe we could get it to sample it in and uh, use it as some kind of room tone. I don't think there's a room I can go in where it's not going to fit. Hang on, I've got to go past it. <laughs> 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 that sounded that a bit like great. a TIE fighter, didn't it? The movie sound effects. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so that's how they did it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's better. Anyway, yeah, sorry, Dave. Dave, do carry on. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like something out of I Am Legend, doesn't it? It's not like the monsters. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe I'll have it on the plane. Who knows? Oh, I expect so. Oh, oh, it's gone ever so quiet. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, this it does strike me as very interesting, as particularly for that money. But I heard that that uh, uh, Blofeld is going to be about three hundred ninety-nine euros. Yeah, it's three hundred ninety-nine. It's true. Wow, that's got a wicked uh, interface, hasn't it? Absolutely, it's great. I mean, uh, if anybody cares to take a look at the the video podcast that I did, even though it's all in German, at least I think you get a feeling of, um, maybe you can see a little bit of the interface. And it's really nice because um, at first um, I thought it's going to be very hard to sort of edit stuff on it. But it's apparently really, really easy to even start uh, new sounds from scratch because they've really got a very clever system and they've got these really nice four endless pots on it. So they're going to be kind of, they're going to be pretty much in direct competition because they're similar size, similar form factor, um similar price. I mean, um do they compare? I mean, I don't know what other whether there's any other other expandability possibilities with the, with this plugiator, but um, we'll hopefully go and see uh, see them. I've been trying to get in touch with them, but there's no contact details on the website. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because it's it's obviously creamware technology, but it's not creamware anymore. It's uh, it's somebody else, and I don't know quite what's going on there. But uh, isn't the the Bowen synth also creamware technology? Now, obviously, not the most fa- fascinating musically, but uh, that's actually a WAV sound that I downloaded, so it's uncompressed. And I was kind of really quite struck by the the sort of analogness. It really sounded very familiar in a lot of ways. It didn't sound at all digital. Did anyone else listen to any of those demos? Yes. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, it sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't decide if it sounded more like a Roland or more like an Oberheim at times, but it, it, it almost never sounded moogie to me in the examples. But it had, and uh, the first example, the cl- the one with the ex- tons of high harmonics in it yeah. was very interesting too. Yeah, no uh, aliasing, was there? Oh, oh, well, no, no, it was really clear and clean up there. It was it? It was a lot, but it was really clear and clean, and a lot of sidebandy, you know, bell-like stuff. It was cool. Yeah. So, um, just quickly, that's the Solaris, which is from John Bowen. Um, he, you're right about the creamware side of it, but what he actually started out to, well, he started way back with Dave Smith, where he did a lot of uh, sound design for the sequential circuit stuff. And but uh, sort of towards the latter half of last century or the latter years of last century, he was working on creamware platform doing scope um, synth designs, which he would sell as third party add ons. And now he's actually created this hardware synth, which is based on shark DSPs, 
but he's created his own um his own synthesizers that go in it uh and it's going to be quite an exciting it's a really big it's quite it made quite a big splash at last year's messa um and hopefully we're going to go and see him and um and get a demo because it wasn't really kind of making much noise last time and we did do quite a long interview with him after messa if anyone wants to go and listen he's a very interesting chap he was on the development team for the wave station as well wasn't he the korg wave Mm. station i believe so yeah there has sort of arisen this whole field now of analog control of software-based sound-generating devices. And so here, here's this plugiator that's a box that gives you a bunch of knobs and buttons and that allows you to interact with the computer that's giving you graphics and showing you the, uh, the, the soft sense you're running in this little box. And so the question is now, what do you do with the box? How do you make the box accessible to the user? And in the case of, for example... Bowen's thing, he built uh, an old-style synth with knobs, and he spread it out across a panel, and he gave, you know, functions to a knob and such like that. And then there's this other model, like Core by Native Instruments, and now you've got this plugiator, where you have um, knobs arranged in some other configuration that are accessing menus in some sort of matrixed way. Uh, another good example of this is the Adrenaline box, which uh, Lynn had sold, where it, where it had a a two-way matrix uh, in terms of the way you control it. Mm. My experience watching other people, because I really have no trouble with these matrix interfaces, but my experience watching other people is they don't really grok this matrix interface thing. Now, I, you know, I don't know all the other people, so maybe I'm mistaken about this, but this, for example, the plugiator here, you have, you can see sort of this uh, rectangular grid of functions in the middle of the box that are being accessed by a row of knobs across the top and a set of buttons across the bottom, and you're going to have to navigate through whatever that matrix, that rectangular matrix is to the, to the parameter you want to edit and then grab the appropriate knob or what have you, or assign the, the appropriate knob. But I just think it's an interesting field, this developing field of analog box interfaces for software-driven devices and how they should be set up either similarly or different from the history that they emulate. You know, like Bowen, like I said, makes a whole synth out of it. Mm. You know, and as you say that, Rich, they, they, the, the company that's making this Creamware technology box with the, with the two-way matrix that you're talking about also... Uh, mentioned in that little blurb is that they're they're c- creating an add-on card for CME um, hardware controllers, which uh, are yeah. keyboard keyboard controllers, and that that I see as being maybe a more accessible and possibly even the you know a, a, a better to market way of of uh, of trying to sell this technology because it seems to me that Creamware or that the team behind this Creamware team has uh, Creamware software has tried to release this product at least two previous times and it it's never succeeded in the market and it's possibly because of price point i mean that that noah product was almost three grand when it first came out um the one that you mentioned earlier yeah yep. uh, nick and didn't have any of the you know it wasn't a tabletop it was a rack top you know yep. rack yep. top multiple thing and they they promised more since that were never released that type of thing and now they're trying a third iteration of this but i think I think Rich is right. I mean, I, I wonder if it's not a better idea to try to make expansion cards for existing hardware keyboard controllers because that's an interface that a lot of you know that a lot of keyboard players and and synth programmers understand. Well, it might encourage CME, who are you know frankly kind of fairly pioneering in terms of bang for buck and controller sort of side of things, to sort of 
take a few interesting leaps um, into into some more specialized controller surface stuff that will kind of maybe give us a little bit more of a generic control surface, which is something that we've never quite nailed. You know, so we're still looking for that sort of dream generic controller, and maybe that would. Uh, I think uh, generally um, it's uh, it's a problem. Uh, the gen- as you said, the generic approach is something that we will all love to see because it uh, would be cost effective and simple and could be expandable. But what we really, really, really want is uh, to have a, a, a synthesizer interface where each parameter has a dedicated control because that is really. Uh, the point where you can actually start uh, controlling this without really needing too much of your brain to navigate because uh, I always find that um, it's, it's, it's always, it's a different, it's like when you drive your car, you always know, you know, where the gears are and where the clutch is and the brakes and everything. And, and this way you start to really forget about, um, about these details and you can really well, when you drive you know you sometimes your your, your mind just goes subconscious. everywhere yeah. subconscious and that's what you really want you want to get into that flow with your instrument and really get into that uh, forget about this and i think it's that's also a major disadvantage of making music with the screen and the mouse is that we always need to um, use our brain to actually do this three-dimensional um navigation you know bringing uh, the yeah. control and and the view uh, in uh, my english is not good enough no i understand exactly <laughs> what you're saying it becomes it's counterintuitive it's not it doesn't allow you to subconsciously follow just the sort of natural kind of flow of things um, i'm just going to get mark because um, funnily enough his cleaner actually hoovered the um the, the, the phone <laughs> socket out <laughs> mark are you there yes i think she unplugged the um phone so she could plug the hoop brand <laughs> <laughs> excellent we've been talking about solaris plugiator and the kind of general new slew of synth that seem to be coming out for nam which took us into the world of control surfaces uh, and you know the way of actually accessing these synthesizers which again could then lead us on to this other topic which uh, this is a um, euphonics who we know from they make kind of very high-end door controllers and and did, they were some of the first kind of total recall digital desks in the true sense but there's been a leak which i found on create digital music and for some reason on sweetwater i think it was sweetwater they've um that they've they've released details of these products and somebody with a search found them there's two new euphonics they call it affordable control services which look very interesting um there's a euphonics uh, mc control which is described as a slim profile control surface with four moving faders and a dynamic touchscreen display plus hardware jog and shuttle wheel, which lists about two grand, which is roughly, uh, amusingly, one-tenth of their flagship MC Pro door controller. And there's also an MC Mix, which is uh, eight moving faders and parameter editing displays. It's interesting that they've jumped in, because Euphonics have traditionally been, as you've seen, you know, very high-end, so they're starting to kind of scale down to the mass market. Do you think they've seen that we're itching for the right control surface to come along as well? And will you be looking at these? Anybody? The idea of a euphonics control surface is kind of an irony in itself, isn't it? Because the euphonics desk is the most complicated thing I've ever set hands on. So, I've never even yeah, seen I'd... one. <sighs> they're, they're just very complicated. So, I'm so complicated, in fact, that I was on a session where it took me about two hours to work out how to get how to 
switched the master fader to the speakers. Just through. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're just ridiculously complicated. Were you working on an hourly rate that day? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it looks uh, that kind of looks cool to me. I don't know, PJ. Is that something that you you know the, the whole thing where you you've got the kind of touchscreen and everything kind of linked in one one surface? Looks like it could be could be a goer if they get the protocol right and everybody uses it maybe i i think it looks it, they look really cool i mean when you when you look at the the photographs of them they they've got that sort of uh wow that's that's a really cool looking device but there's so many control surfaces in that uh and at that price point i don't know i think it would take something awfully awfully special in order to compete dave yeah control surfaces had enough of them or do you think this could be the one uh, no, it's not the one, I don't think. Uh, not for me, anyway. No, I'm completely in agreement with Hans. We've had this thing, you know, since we did the Fat Boy. That, you know, I can kind of program a mini-mode blind. I know the profit inside out. I know the OB stuff inside out. I can do it, you know, all blindfolded. And I I don't like things that kind of break that workflow. Uh, and if uh, what I'm after is a dedicated controller, and I don't mind if they're multiple, actually, because right. now I think that people can do things at price point where you could afford say a decent soft synth and a dedicated hardware controller you know that was bespoke so that it just didn't break that kind of you know i can train my brain to use knobs in different configuration but it just kind of interrupts that whole creative process right well that's fair enough but anyway that was a bit of a leak i'd just like to point out to euphonics it wasn't me that leaked the story it was <laughs> somebody entered it into the database at Sweetwater and didn't didn't deact, didn't deactivate it so that it was found and then it just turned up on this uh, on uh, Peter Kearns creates digitalmusic.com blog which is a great place for this kind of stuff as well. I do like the Novation controllers though. Oh, I've got one. I've got one and I use the uh, remote SL uh, keyboard and uh, it it works pretty well. And it, there are things I could quibble, but it works pretty well. I don't use the fader as much, but I do like knobs and buttons. I remember having a conversation with one of the developers at a very drunken um, Novation Focus Right party at, Mesa, at Music Messer, and saying it would just rock if these faders could move, and it, and they agreed. I mean, it's just price. I think you know having to put right. moving faders and, in there, and, but you know maybe we're ready to pay that price if we think you know it's going to give us what we want, but maybe we're not. Don't know. I've um, got a Korg keyboard that's supposed to be a controller for all these sorts of things, and it's supposed to work with Logic, and it's rubbish. <coughs> Oh, that's a shame. Well, really I know because the Novation stuff is, um, is, is the auto map, which is something that they've been, really been pioneering. That that does work pretty well, as far as I understand. I've again. Oh, I wish I'd bought one of those. I mean, I might just have to throw this in a skip and go and buy the Novation instead. Send it into the river after the goose, Mark. I will. Yes. Good <laughs> idea. The other, th- <laughs> other thing is Novation sells it without a keyboard attached. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have one of those lying around the studio here. Um, my. Uh, partner in crime who does video is using it as a vj controller and it's uh that's a beautiful little box ah maybe i could super glue it to the side of my midi guitar and then i could have a guitar based controller <laughs> maybe you could well there's that did cool. you anyone see that guy we did a film of a guy who does the i can't remember what his name was now but he does kind of that um guitar stuff really heavy rock sample oh yeah i've forgotten yeah. that we did yeah. and he was he's, he's totally crazy um, but really, really sort of accomplished. Uh, and uh, he plays it all. He's just got a no- big Novation SL 
I think it's a, a 61 or a, a maybe, yeah, 61 key. And he dangles that off his shoulders. You know, it's a big old piece of thing, a long a, 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 um, USB cable just going directly into his MacBook Pro with running Logic. Mm-hmm. And he just, he rocks out totally. I mean, it's it's quite an awesome sight to behold, if if a little sort of humorous. Well, it's really light, so it would be easy to do that. Yeah. Well, maybe we should talk to Novation guys and get um, get them one down for you, Mark, so you can you can tell us what you think about it. Okay. That would. I'll write good, you a. I'll write you a review. Yeah. Words. God, I don't know what to do with those. Many. You can video me on your um, Nokia N95. Yes. Video you even. Sonic State. Um, there is also another little bit of news here. Did anyone see the new Mac Pros uh, announced yeah. yesterday? Whoa. That's some yeah. pretty hot hardware, wouldn't you say? That might be my next computer. Yeah, I, I just haven't got a desktop, and I just can't see the need for one at the moment because I, I like to be mobile. But that is some serious computing power. Trevor, our news desk editor, he said, oh, yeah, I, I've been waiting for this to come out. I'm going to get one. What do you think I should get? And it was just like, I was looking at the spec and the price. I mean, for about £2,000. Is that an 8-core thing? It's, for, yeah, £2,000, you can get a quad eight, a quad, an 8-core 2.8 gigahertz. That's 8 2.8 gigahertz Xeon Octa. processors. And they go up faster than that, too. Yeah, yeah, this is just the sort of base. But for music, there's a couple, uh, there's a sad truth about it, that most music software does not yet support it. And right. uh, actually running uh, Mackie's Traction on the Mac Pro, uh, I would suggest that you run it using um, Windows instead of uh, OS X, because it actually uh, has better multiprocessor support on Windows. Because ah, on, really? on, 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 under Mac OS X, I think it only, I think... What we saw, it was only one core that was used, and no even way. even Logic, although it it shows you that uh, on my Mac Pro, it shows that it's supposed to be using two, uh, all the four cores on my uh, quad machine, but it's not actually true. Yeah, so no, I think no, Hans, I know why that is. It's just because you don't run enough soft synths, you haven't got enough tracks in your arrangements, and you're being oh, far too minimalist. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. You want to get a bit more kind of prog, and you know, let's have multiple layers, multiple instances. Come on, we need you need <laughs> insert a reverb across every track. Don't you send? Then you'll start to see the benefit. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, but seriously, I think uh, for people who are considering uh, buying um, uh, uh, something more than two cores, uh, they really need to find out prior before the purchase uh, if if the software really supports these cores the additional cores really well i mean where these things are really going to come into their own i mean it, we we would have one like a shot because we could use it for virtualization so we could run kind of essentially three or four computers at the same time just using virtualization on it i mean that'd just be superb yeah but the ram is still very very expensive i think to, uh, an extra if you go to four gigs it's 300 pounds which is what 700 dollars nearly oh, six, wow. yeah but six. you don't buy you don't buy ram from them i you, guess you not. can buy that same you can buy that same ram for 500 dollars. Uh, okay it's still expensive i mean it's because it's it's specialized ram i mean it's not cheap it's yeah. not it's you save but yeah okay save pr2 it's it's but i was pricing it yesterday i think i was able to get up to I don't know. It was eight gigabytes for you know three hundred and fifty dollars or something. Oh wow! Well, are you really really sure? Because I, when I got the the Pro, which also uses a special RAM, I really need to have this. I'm not an expert, but I couldn't just use standard DR2 DDR2 RAM on it. Well, but it's a company the, that purports to make it specifically for Mac Pros. Now, whether it's, I don't know if this is this RAM different from the previous generation of Mac Pros. 
No, I don't think so. I don't so, think no. that it is. And uh, no. they're advertising. These uh, I've seen yesterday. I was pricing this. Uh, $350 okay. for 8 gigabytes of this stuff. Yeah. Wow. So, Rich, which one are you going to go for? Um, well, it's interesting to hear Hans talk about how most things don't support the multiple processors because I, I live mostly in Pro Tools, and uh, I have installed Logic now and want to be able to run Apple's native stuff. Um, I had been told, based on the last version of Mac Pros, that you weren't getting much out of the back four processors, that you're just as well off with the four processor version as with the eight processor version. Now, if that continues to be the case, I might just go either for uh, this year or last model's four core version. Right. You know, just to save the money. If, if if I can be persuaded that buying one of these 3.2 gigahertz, eight core, top of the line new Mac Pros is going to make my RTAS and or VST and or AU life better, then I would spring, I would, you know, I would make the case to get one. Surely it seems like what what's needed is just a simple wrapper for some of these plugins so that you could actually, you know, you could manage the cores. You know, yeah. if there was a simple application that just said, right, I've got, say, a whole bunch of guitar processing. I'm going to put that on those two cores because I know they're not being used. I'm going to keep my logic and all this stuff running over here. So you could actually really get into the nitty gritty and manage, configure the, a, a resource that is so huge of this kind and, you know, actually intelligently use it. Do you think there would be... It seems like that can't be that hard to do because you would just ring fence processors or whatever. I mean, is it? Do you think it's feasible, right. Dave? I mean, you're a you're a programming kind of. You have programming connections. Do you think that would make sense? Yep, yeah, I don't see any reason why not. Sounds like a completely sane thing to me. But by the same token, you want it to be automatic for some people who don't want to mess with it. Well, yeah, okay, but I mean, in the meantime, I suppose is what I'm saying. I mean, it's just. Well, the question is, I mean, when DigiDesign says to me, we now support eight core Mac Pro towers, does that mean that they're, does it just mean that the software will run on one or does it mean we're actually going to go after all eight of those cores and you start loading up the virtual instruments? Yeah, well, that would be a question that would be nice to have answered. Uh, in fact, we're going to be meeting with DigiDesign, so maybe I'll just type that into my little series of questions to answer, ask them. I think the, 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 problem, the general problem here is that usually the, the hardware development and the operating system – I mean, you, usually the hardware comes first, and I think Dave will agree. I mean, usually we have, a, we have a new hardware coming out. Then the operating systems are trying to support the new hardware uh, schemes. And after that, then the developers need to have new compilers that actually support all the new developments in hardware and operating system. And it just trickles down to the, the programs, and it takes, really takes some time. Um, and if, 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 a, if a program has been around for a while, the core of the program is sometimes too old to actually div, um, distribute all the tasks into these threads so it's not uh, not that it's not going to be that easy, and I right. think we're going to see new software coming out, like the Reaper stuff that's been, you know, or other software that are actually not have such a long history. They are much easier for them to pick up the concept of multi-threading, and I think uh, for for some of the major programs, uh, it's going to take some time to make full benefit of of the extra course. I know that Qubits is doing this quite well because they were really, really early supporting the hyper-threading concept of the Intel uh, processor. That's a really good point, and I think um, you're probably right. I mean, people are, you know, your Pro Tools and your your Logics, which have a very long uh, 
history of the their sort of core software, they may well be at a disadvantage, which is kind of crazy seeing as they're owned by the people who are, or, you know, at least that Logic... Well, Logic's, Logic's an Atari program anyway, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, so they say, but I mean, we're, we're let's not go there too much. But yeah, I think you know, as they, <laughs> we've as, been there before. We've been there before. As the, as obviously these machines become more and more mainstream. You know, if I my next laptop is a quad core or an eight core, it means that I'm going to be able to use it for a bunch of different stuff ultimately. But it sounds like if somebody, oh, you know, somebody like Angus at FX Bankshan, what he needs to do is write something that's like a VST wrapper that you or or an AU wrapper that you could just bung assigned to various different DSP chips effectively is what you're doing and just tell Logic or whatever the your door program is I'm going to run them on this one I'm going to run the, you know so you've just got all this extra power available to you surely it was just that's, that's actually what the uh, the the Cubase 4.1 is doing with the old PowerPC um, plugins it's actually running a, a program in the background. And uh, it's using the same technique that Mark uh, told us uh, about how to use old PowerPC programs using right. the old host X. And Cube is actually actually got a separate VST host booting up in the background that's right. actually PowerPC compatible that it talks to. And this way you could actually do it, you know, yeah. have, have, have a couple of programs running in the background and you just stream audio and MIDI to them. That kind of makes sense. I mean, because if you've got eight cores, yeah. I mean, you could use one of them just to sort of manage the other seven, couldn't you, really? I think, uh, you know, one, one company that's been really forward-thinking in this regard is Adobe. And uh, I read an article with them last May or June where they were talking about how they'd, they'd created a core scheduling system that, that's going to be implemented into all future versions of, of all of their software products that they believe they can scale up to a thousand cores, you know, what, when, when and if that ever happens. But they said that this has taken years to develop and that um, it takes an entire software rewrite of their programs in order to implement, you know, implement that scheduling for the cores. So I would imagine that all of these companies are, you know, are scrambling to try to figure out, okay, when do we implement a complete overhaul of our software and yeah. how, you know, how do we go about doing that rather than just tacking on, yeah, yeah. you know, something that schedules part of the power for another, from one of the other cores. Well, you know, of course. A, I mean, you know, you, you put all those efforts in and then suddenly somebody comes up with a new chip invention and you're kind of screwed, you know, like the, the next lot yeah. of neural computers or whatever the next generation is. Mm. Hey, Nick. Yeah. Um, related to what I was saying earlier about the, the comparison between a, four, a quad core and an eight core, yeah. Apple claims on their website that their new eight core 2.8, which is the one you referenced in the beginning, yeah. Uh, performs with Logic Pro 2.3 times faster or better than the quad-core 2.66, the previous model. Okay. That's what, that's what they claim. That would be great, then. I mean, if that's what they're utilizing. I mean, it's, um, I, don't know, I don't know kind of what that means in terms of real, real world. You know, what, what performs better? You know, do you get more? You know, it, right. Does it go into play quicker or does it support more yeah. uh, reverbs or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, probably put a, a, one of those convolution reverbs on every single channel and every single send and it wouldn't fall over right yeah i'm ready i've got just the piece for that (laughs) i'm saying slight gripe really um note to marketing division the new mac pro the fastest most powerful mac ever i'm sorry but we've heard this about a million times before so therefore it's not the fastest mac pro ever is it the fastest most powerful mac ever it's to date 
Yes, I suppose. But if you take history as a sequence of events, ever is from now until up the past. To now. Yes. <laughs> right. Up to now. <laughs> you know, I Next mean, if you week, want to get... We'll s- talk again. <laughs> Albert Einstein might have a few things to say about that. Let's... Uh, exactly. I mean, I could say up to, <laughs> up to this point, I have never taken so many breaths in my life ever. This is the, the, this is the most breaths <laughs> I've ever taken in my life ever until the next breath, of course. According to Albert Einstein, if you travel fast enough from one point and go around the world and come back to that point... Uh, you time travel, don't you? So perhaps if they get these processes going fast enough, they'll be able to get the data to time travel. So they'll be yeah. able to get data leaping into other time zones and all sorts of weird stuff. But there's one one thing I'd like to uh, say is that what I found interesting is that uh, Apple releases the fastest Mac ever while there is still the iPhone on their homepage. Not, not here. Not in the American site, in the European sites, yeah. That's because the iPhone is doing crap in Europe because it hasn't got 3G and it costs too much. Another interesting aspect of these computers is they revive SCSI. No. They have, they have something <laughs> called They have something called SAS, which is SCSI over serial, and they claim that you can run 15,000 RPM drives um, over SAS, which is some kind of serial SCSI. I've never heard of that technology. What is that? SAS drives require the Mac Pro RAID card, and I, I think Mac. Yeah, I think you pretty much have to buy them from them right now. Although yeah. I don't know. That. The I only available tried. dealer is actually on Mars. <laughs> yeah. no, in Cupertino, actually. Oh yeah, Cupertino. <laughs> well, guys, um, it's been a, it's great. It's great to be back. Actually, I've missed it. I've really, really enjoyed um, coming back together again because uh, it's it's always fun to talk, and I'm glad you could all make it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing some of you next week at Nam, and um, w- obviously I'll be travelling next week. I might try and mumble a few words in- incoherently into my um, Nokia to see if I can get some semblance of a podcast together. But frankly, I think it's unlikely. And the week after, I'm probably going to be pretty tired. But we might. We might do one the week after next, but um, we'll be back to normal service after NAM. So, uh, Mr. Mark Tinley from Sunning, Sunny from Hooverville, thank you very much for joining us. And I want you all to know I'm going to go to the gym in a minute for my first time since before Christmas. Be careful. Yeah, watch out. Uh, PJ Tracy, I think I heard you there from Minneapolis. Thank you very much uh, for joining us, and uh, we shall look forward to seeing you at NAM next week. Oh, likewise, Nick. It's been a pleasure, and Happy New Year to all of you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Dave Spears from G4Software.com. Thank you. We'll, we'll be see seeing you next, next week. week. Can you tell us what you're doing next week, or is it a big secret? Um, well, there is, some, there is something new coming out, but I'm not saying what it is yet. Good man. We'll see you well, there. Being a, sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to rephrase that. There is something new being announced. Okay. okay. All right, cool. Richard Hilton from sunny Connecticut. At least I hope it's sunny for you. Nice Actually, to have you aboard. It's very British today out right. over here. We got a bit of blue sky here, but uh, I'm looking forward to blue sky ah. in sunny Anaheim. Yeah, me and Mickey Mouse, we're going to get together and have a whale of a time. Anyway, great pleasure to be with you gentlemen again, and Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you. And last but not least, oh, oh, wait, Rich, yes. Myspa- myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius, of course. Indeed. I didn't New get pictures that. going up all the time. Yeah. A great collection of pictures as well, I have to say. So go and check it out. I'll put this in the yeah, snow just, just updated it with a bunch of new stuff. Non-Eric from Berlin. Bye-bye, everyone. Yeah, and musotalk.de. The new look, new content, new everything. See you in sunny Anaheim.
Yes. Guys, it's been a pleasure as ever, and uh, we shall reconvene. See you later. Bye-bye. 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 And remember, folks, comments are always welcome. We'll be happy to read them out or play them or however they arrive. Uh, you can email them at, to sonictalk at sonicstate.com. We can just take words or MP3s. Or if you've got Skype, uh, you can call us on Sonic Talk, the handle Sonic Talk. Oh, we've got an answer phone there. Just leave us a message. Uh, we've got Skype in numbers in the US for that. Uh, so dial 312-376-8089 if you're inside the US. Thanks for listening. Sonic. Stage. Let's go.